Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another very special edition of the podcast known as Grown Men Watch This Shit. We do, and uh, we are joined by another grown man today that also watches this shit uh, from the the perspective of ring announcer extraordinaire uh, for Beyond Wrestling. Uh, yeah, it's a great view. Right right there, ringside, <laughs> you get to start in the ring. But welcome to the show, Rich Palladino. We're very excited to have you. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. Um, very, uh, I, I appreciate the build-up. When people hear uh, ring announcer extraordinaire, I think they're usually expecting my friend Bobby Cruz. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be filling this role today. So thank you, guys. Oh, you're, you're our Bobby Cruz, Rich. <laughs> I, I mentioned Aww. to Rich how we uh, we did a little bit of ribbing while he was at the position we've aforementioned, uh, and standing next to him at the Joey Janela clusterfuck. Uh, <laughs> gentleman forgot the hashtag. I had to rib him a little bit about that. He then remembered <laughs> the hashtag. But <laughs> I, the first uh... question is: you going out to these shows, especially Mania Week? Weekend, staying up that late, he's quite tired, I imagine. How was the experience for you personally, WrestleMania weekend? Uh, it was completely more than I could have ever imagined. Um, I went out there anticipating doing three, possibly four shows, one of which was the, the debut episode of Uncharted Territory for Beyond Wrestling in Worcester, Mass. I, I just I watched that, that last night, actually. Episode one? Episode one. Yeah, what a what a way to open, huh? SCU against Team Pazuzu. I mean, nuts! My God, that whole show <laughs> was really really fun. I and I want to talk about this later about just the idea of you guys doing weekly. Uh, but uh, let's let's not get let that get in the way of uh, of what you were saying there about doing these crazy collective shows. Yeah, and honestly, those you want to talk about like calling something on the fly. I mean. I was literally driving from Worcester to Jersey City um, Wednesday night into, into Thursday morning um, because the only other bookings I had was the Independent Wrestling TV family reunion show at noon on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't have anything that I was completely booked for mm-hmm. until Friday at 11 a.m. for Shimmer in Queens and at um, – as I was making the journey from Worcester to Jersey City by myself, trying to keep myself amused and awake, at 2.30 in the morning, I got a Facebook message from Brett Lauderdale of Game Changer Wrestling. said, okay, you're doing Bloodsport tomorrow. Bring your A game. Hmm. I was like, holy shit. I can swear, right? Yeah, yeah, please. Oh, holy shit. Because, yeah, I mean, here it was, 2.30 in the morning, the day of the show. And I wasn't even ready for the family reunion show. Now I had to do back-to-back um, blood sport right after that. But uh, it, it all worked out. But, oh, my God. Like, the whole week was just – the whole four days was just a whirlwind. Um, 
but it was like so you had no idea to... you were doing any of this you came down to jersey city thinking you were doing two shows and then you just got hauled right in for the the whole kit and caboodle yeah honestly it was worcester was guaranteed and the first jersey city show the family reunion at noon and i was actually supposed to do some interviews for a vendor at wrestlecon um after shimmer and then i had um chaotic in rahway new jersey and i don't want to get all over the place but the only other tentative booking i had was pancakes and pile drivers and honest to god i was booked for that face to face with sammy callahan last july and he was just like dude stay on top of me um you know, I'm, I'm horrible with returning calls and whatever, but just stay on top of me. I didn't know until I got there if I was doing that show or not. So, <laughs> um, wow. so that's pretty much how my, my week was, but I did eight shows in four days and we can get into it. I don't mean to get off topic, but yeah, I wasn't booked for any of the GCW stuff. I had told Brett, Hey, I'm going to be around for mania. If you need anybody, if, Larry's not going to be there for something, or if you need an extra guy for something, I'm your guy. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Never heard nothing till 2.30 a.m. Uh, <laughs> Thursday morning, April 4th. How appropriate so, is that for the wild world of independent wrestling? It's, it's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just – but, I mean, there were shows that I wanted to do. This was my third year doing shows during WrestleMania, and I always wanted to be on, like, as many shows as I could to be seen by as many people as I could. Cause after 25 years, I still think someday I'm going to get my big break, but <laughs> if I don't, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So I'll keep aiming for it, man. Sure. Hell of a job at the shows for real. Um, I, it was my first actually time experiencing in person and like, you know, you just kind of own the ring. So you're doing it. You're doing the gig, man. Um, <laughs> I want to actually, I wanted to actually ask you about the uncharted shows. So, uh, the first one dropped. Is that today? No, no. First that? one came out uh, start of um, early April, right? And uh, oh, then the we're, we're up to episode four this this week, right, Rich? Yes, yes. Why? Why was... do we need to have more wrestling in our world life? I'm just kidding, of course. But <laughs> damn it! Now I got another show I have to freaking watch. Right? I dig I mean, it that's... so much. I mean, what a what a thing to decide we're gonna do weekly live shows on Wednesday nights in Worcester, Mass, of all places. Yes. And we're just going to keep Fine, doing this crazy. every single week. Like, and I, um, when I first heard about the show, Rich, I, I thought it was like going to be, you know, oh, you guys have a, a fair bit of a tape library, you know, you'll be able to definitely fill up a, an hour each Wednesday with the, the various shows that you guys do up and beyond wrestling. No, it's live, live every <laughs> week <laughs> oh yeah live you guys really... net every every wednesday night and um you got off to a bang on that first know, show hey honestly yeah well, i was I mean, way off i i apparently i was totally off base of thinking it was the first show it's live on wednesday how could he possibly be recording the show with us right now it's not no God. i apologize <laughs> i no, I just, oh, honestly, the the schedule of wrestling is so packed, it's hard to keep up with. I heard about it during Mania Weekend, I was excited about it, but Jesus Christ, how time flies. Yeah, it really does, because I'm, I'm sitting in, you know, I mean, we're sitting here recording now. I mean, I've got episode four, let's just say, coming up right around the corner in less mm -hmm. than 24 hours. Yeah. Um, 
this is going to be our Buffalo invasion where the, uh, uh, let me, first of all, you can never have too much wrestling. I've been a fan for, Ain't oh that my God. True. <laughs> I think I've, we've yeah, established been, that with this show. <laughs> the dumbness. Yeah. yeah. Grown men watch this shit. Not a bad complaint to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm a week shy of turning 50. I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm going to be 50 years old next week. You still look like a spring chicken, Rich. <laughs> yes, a very large spring chicken. Thank you. Um, but when this whole Wednesday Might night be thing, a boy. Don't assume Jim, Jim Barnett. Oh, okay. All right. That's the first thing I thought of. When I heard when I heard my boy, I thought about Jim Barnett myself. Uh, Of course, I can see it. Never mind. I apologize. (laughs) But I mean, the Wednesday night shows, though. I mean, I've been working for Beyond for almost six years now, um, and it's it's not your typical. Okay, well, hey, here are the you know. 10 or 12 core guys and girls from beyond and we're just going to put on a different show every Wednesday. I mean, I'm heading into the fourth episode and we've had a completely different array of talent from all over the world, I dare say. Um, and, and like I was saying a, a couple minutes ago, I mean, we're bringing in a bunch of the guys from, um, from the Buffalo area, t- area tomorrow. Um, uh, the butcher and the blade, um, Andy Williams and Peppa Parks are coming in. I'm excited um, about one that of my, one. I was so oh, impressed oh by Andy Williams at Bloodsport, might I say. Oh, with Dixon. Oh my oh, God, killed yeah. it. Yeah, but it, but it's, uh, and we've got Puff coming in, and we've got Brandon Thurston, and Jay Freddie's coming back, and I mean, I'm just, just scratching the surface here, um, but it's just every every single Wednesday night, it's something different, and it's just like I said, it's not. It's not your grandma's wrestling. It's something completely different. That's why it's called Uncharted Territory. And, you know, everybody's watching Raw on Monday. They're watching SmackDown on Tuesday. Why not run on Wednesday? Uh, yes, NXT's on, on um, you know, it's streaming on the network. But we, we're doing Wednesday. And basically, out of respect, there's, there's another local promotion that runs Thursday night shows out of their school um, in Rhode Island. We don't want to step on anybody's toes. So, you know. So, yeah, there's so much wrestling out there. So why not a Wednesday? I mean, my wife is less than thrilled. Um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure to get in on this because you said a, you had a great bit on the first show where you said, uh, what was it, in episode 18 or so, your, your <laughs> wife may be asking for a divorce, but we'll see how yeah, we go. <laughs> I mean, we were literally like sitting at the table having like a rare night. Where we were all home having dinner. She's like, well, I can't believe you're doing this on Wednesdays. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Not take these bookings? And she goes, yes. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I've known, I'm sorry. I've known wrestling longer. So in fairness to wrestling, I'm going to do these shows. So it, it don't, it just, it's complicated. I have 13 year old twins. I have uh, uh, my son, Anthony, my daughter, Daniela. They're 13. They're very active 13 year olds, but they don't drive cars. So my son plays in two baseball leagues. He has practiced every Wednesday night from Ooh. 6 to 7 30 and that our call like time a bit of a clash oh it it you want to talk about a clusterfuck there it is right there because <laughs> hey no I mean, our, yeah, oh sorry <laughs> what is this Chicago? oh my god so um so yeah so it's it's been complicated but i've got i've survived 22 years of marriage so you know, we have a routine where I, I do the drop off and I'm in my tux. And by the time I get to Worcester, it's about an hour before bell time. And I'm usually pretty prepared for these 
things. So um, it's it's definitely something to see. So I will just plug in Wrestling TV. If if anybody listening has never experienced it, you get a free 20-day trial. Use the passcode Uncharted. You'll get a free 20-day trial. So you can mm-hmm. just decide what you want to do from there. And just like everything else, $9.99 a month. It's the absolute best independent wrestling. I watch it more than the other network. It's so much good stuff on there. It so, really um, is. I mean, we, we plug this thing almost like every episode. Because, I mean, the amount of, like, rad groups that you get to see and you get to actually feel like, you know, that that independent wrestling experience. I mean, groups like Beyond, like Freelance Wrestling, another favorite of our show, uh, Blackcraft. Like, there's so much stuff. Uh, uh, not Black Label, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, yep. it, it's awesome. Um, and, and, again, to, to actually get... You you guys are really uh, sort of becoming one of the the main parts of that service with this weekly show. I was looking at that calendar coming up, and majority of those shows are these Wednesday night Uncharted. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's 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 really something, and and now it's you know I hate to say episodic, but I mean we're doing something every week, so there is going to be some kind of a, a storyline to it, and then you know we have a big. Um, a big lethal lottery event that we're doing um, on May 5th in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. So we're still doing the big weekend shows. It's just, we just happen to give you a little something every Wednesday night and all roads are going to lead to um, the Foxwoods Resort Casino America in uh, Connecticut. Rana. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's, that's huge for yeah. beyond wrestling for, for a company that started in a garage in Ohio Um in 2009, you know, to all of a sudden be performing at one of the biggest casino resorts in, in the country. I mean, that's, that's huge. So uh, I'm super pumped to be a part of it. I mean, I've, like I said, I've American Rana will be like six years that I've been working for beyond. I mean, uh, but I've worked for, you know, chaotic for 20 and been doing this for 25 years, over 25 years. I've been doing this and it's, you know, it just doesn't get old. It doesn't get boring to me. It's still, I still get a little fire in my belly every time. I don't know. It's, it's just awesome. I'm just very blessed to be able to do what I do. So it's great, man. It's crazy to think when you say 25 years, like how much independent wrestling has changed over that time. Like I just, Oh my God. Even, even going back to like that early two thousands period, um, Jeremy and I often, you know, nostalgically reminisce about, Regale. yeah, that, oh. that early 2000s kind of time where we had the hit squad and Loki breaking out amazing red, uh, you know, the backseat mm-hmm. boys, uh, so, like yeah. so, so much magic going on back then, uh, you know, even like Quackenbush, how much he's really just shaped so much coming back from that, that early 2000s, late nineties period. Uh, but then, like you know, you get before that, and then you almost had those uh, shows with just former WWF guys, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, King Kong Bundy shows. I guess you know, rest in peace, Bundy. Yes. Uh, I mean, can a, you tell us a bit about your kind well, yeah. of memories of like coming from where where you you started and and what that scene was like up till now? Yeah, I'm I'm a New England guy, so I, I live in Massachusetts, and I broke in in uh, technically in '92, but I did my first live show in 1993 for um, a gentleman by the name of the Boston Bad Boy Tony Rumble, um, who was a staple of the uh, Savoldi's ICW back in the day. Right. Um, 
Tony was a, a, a worker back then and then became a pretty good manager and a really good booker. Um, he just had a great mind for the business and he passed away in 99. So I started working for him and I'm in New England and, you know, back then every show had Tony Atlas on it because Tony Atlas lives in Maine and he still does. And he still appears at independent shows at 65 years old. And, um, he's still in great shape and hasn't changed a bit and loves to wear that t-shirt with picture of, uh, former wrestler, Master Sandy, a female wrestler, uh, standing on his face. Yeah. So, yes. Likes the feet. Loves so, those um, feet. <laughs> and, and Tony Atlas was, he was a really good friend of Tony Rumble's. So my very first show had Tony Atlas as a heel against a suspender-clad baby-faced Tommy Dreamer. So, ah, um, awesome. Young, young, yes. brave baby-faced Tommy. Love oh, yeah. watching like, him in those uh, early Eastern Championship wrestling days. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this was straight up babyface. I mean, this was right at the time ECW was, you know, starting to become what it was. And um, yeah, I'm powder blue pants, black suspenders. Um, you yeah, it's know, funny when you and, look at those old pictures that that guy goes on to bleed buckets. It's just crazy. Right? Yeah, the last <laughs> thing you would expect. Um, no goatee, just clean shaven Tommy dreamer. That was my first show. Um, that was also main evented by Vic steamboat who was legit Ricky steamboats, little brother. He lives in Mass, lived in Massachusetts. We had him on every friggin' show. Um, and he also, wrestled. Let's, the- stay, let's wait for one second. The what? biggest mistake in wrestling ever. The name Richard blood. Come on, that is the best wrestling name right? ever. Why? Why, why would you want to change your last name from Blood? <laughs> I hey, mean, that that well. sounds like a badass heel name to me. If you want someone as white meat babyface as a, a young fiery Ricky Steamboat, you know, Richard Blood right. somehow doesn't have the same vibe to me. At least. All right, all right. <laughs> well, we had we had Victor Blood up here back in the day, and awesome. he was a really great guy, and he was a staple of the Savoldi's promotion. He used to team with. Joseph Oldie back in the day. Um, but that main event was Joe, uh, was Vic Steamboat against the Iron Sheik. So awesome. when awesome. you talk about the landscape, and we also had Taz on that show too, as the Tasmaniac. The Tasmaniac. Yes, with the face paint and all that. So um, that was my first indie show. But like you guys said, it was like the King Kong Bundy shows. Bundy was on like every show. I mean, back then it was like the Bushwhackers. Um, when Brutus Beefcake became a Massachusetts resident, he was on every show. So, you know, and Snooker, you'd always get Jimmy Snooker. And of yep. course, you had to have the Metal Maniac brother. Um, <laughs> but I still keep in touch with uh, via Facebook every now and again. Keeps telling me he's always ready anytime, you know, I can get him booked somewhere. <laughs> he's ready. He's he staying in shape on that trampoline with the dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, I don't know if he's got the whole Dennis stamp thing going on, but, but yeah, he's you know, always a good dude. And he used to always come up with Jimmy and they'd wrestle each other and, you know, but that, that was it. It was, it was the local guys underneath. And then it was, you know, your former WWF, whoever it was that you could bring in for not too much money. And if they lived in new England, I got and There was your main event right there. Local guy against whoever from new England whether it was Beefcake, Atlas, whoever. So. Bam, bam. And, and the oh. houses back then were like sho- – I mean, I guess it's not that shocking because like a lot of these guys were still big names. But, I mean, what were we talking for your average house back then? 
I, well, I mean, I got, I, I, I was sadly mistaken after my first show because my first show was a sold show at a high school and there was literally like 14 or 1500 people there. And I was like, this is great. And then yeah. once we started doing the smaller shows, like at the arcades and stuff, and there were 150, 200 people, you know, that, that was the kind of, that was the reality of it. But, yeah. um, Tony was a very smart man and he ran amazing shows and had a lot of contacts in the business. And at various points, we actually had either Kevin Sullivan, who was a good friend of Tony's or Jim Cornette, who was living in Stanford and working with WWE at the time. Um, we were able to have them. They were actually booking our shows. So wow. with, Tony, yeah. So, you know, and, and that opened up a lot of doors for a lot of guys. Um, a lot of the local guys would get opportunities to work WCW um, Nitro back in the day or WCW Saturday night. Um, Devin Storm and a Starling or a Crowbar and a, you know, Devin Storm, who became Crowbar. They were like a couple of Tony's guys that would come up here and work indies. Sullivan took a shine to them and they became the extremists in in WCW. I remember um, that. I remember yeah. that group. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, Tony. this is a young crowbar right here. Right? Hey. <laughs> Was it Someday. cool that when Crowbar came out during the clusterfuck, that had been pretty like, hey, re family reunion almost, right? right? Oh, I I hadn't seen him for years, and we, we, we caught up for a while before the um, before the show. And, yeah. Uh, that, But that clusterfuck though i mean that was another booking i mean i'll i'll if and if i'm dancing around too many different things no no here. it's fine that is we what are, we, we do yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead we'll get back there because, because like i said i got booked for blood sport at 2 30 that morning um and when i left the building that night um i was told okay hey you did a great job at blood sport really appreciate it uh, but josh barnett was very happy with what i did and um but Brett said, you know, I'm putting you in the bullpen. Are you going to be here tomorrow for spring break? I said, if you need me, I'll be here. If not, I'll probably come and watch it as long as I don't have to buy a ticket. Of course I'll be here. <laughs> and he goes, all right, I'm putting you in the bullpen. And I said, okay. But I wasn't booked. It was just like, hey, if we need you, we're going to call you. And as I was driving to the show, he reached out to me again. And it was like a picture of like the phone calling the bullpen. And that was how I knew I was booked for <laughs> nice. spring break. But I, I, I mean, thank God I happen to pack um, like an idiot sometimes. I, I had khaki shorts and like a pineapple shirt. I'm like, they're like, yeah, no tuxedo for spring break. I'm like, okay. I was about to say, that's a, for the wrestlers, you got to have your gear packed. In this situation, man, the tuxedo, not really the, the attire proper, you know? But if I had known, I had a plethora of Hawaiian shirts and ridiculousness I could have brought with me, but <laughs> I didn't know I was booked. So. Wait, so are you telling me this was just coincidence that you happened to have this? <laughs> the man likes yeah. a Tommy Bahama shirt. Give him a break. Oh, don't we all? In all, honesty, in all honesty, because of the fact that I was only doing a few shows, um, I'm a large man, so I always want to be comfortable. So I had brought two pairs of, of like cargo shorts I had brought uh, the black um, button down that I had with the pineapples for spring break part one. And then the white shirt that had, I think it had like sailboats on it or something. I brought that because I was supposed to be doing interviews at WrestleCon. And those were like big, comfortable shirts that I wouldn't be like tugging on and feeling yeah. awkward. So I, feel you. I had, 
and I lived out of my car. I, I didn't book a hotel. I didn't. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the, the best part was um, my shoot job, my, my nine to five job. Um, I don't want to really, really want to say where, but um, our corporate office in New York and a friend of mine lives in Manhattan. And before I went, before I left on the trip, I said, look, I said, I am petrified of driving in New York, New Jersey. Um, you know, everybody's saying to use public transportation. Can you help me? And she said, yeah, just tell me where you have to be. And I gave her all the addresses for the White Eagle Hall, um, for Laboom in Queens, for, for the Shimmer Show, and then for like the Hilton for whatever I was going to do at WrestleCon and if I was blessed to get the, the, the okay for pancakes and pile drivers. She gave me everything. You get on this train if you're in Jersey and you get off here and you switch to this train and you walk a quarter of a mile and the building's right there. It was perfect. I never used it once because <laughs> all, all the booking were coming up. And if I was stuck with public transportation, I probably wouldn't have made it to everywhere I needed to be yeah. because uh, just on that Friday alone, I went from Queens to Manhattan to Jersey City. And then Saturday, I went from New York City to Rahway, New Jersey, back to Jersey City for, for spring break part two, which I was also not booked for <laughs> until that day. And I, I mean, I cannot, I can't thank Brett enough. And I've known Joey Janela for a, you know, a good number of years. And um, I honestly didn't know I had those bookings till that day. And right hand to God, after the chaotic show in Rahway that Saturday, I had called my wife and I said, geez, I have not heard from the guy that's running the other show in Jersey City tonight. I think I might just drive home. I, I was like, I had done seven shows at this point. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I think maybe I'll just come home, surprise the kids, whatever. She's like, all right, whatever you want to do. And I called, um, I called Drew, uh, Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place, um, Drew Cordero from beyond. And I called him and I said, you know, Brett said that he might need me for spring break tonight at 11:55 PM. Um, you know, and, and I said to him, right hand to God, I said, that's probably not a show that I'd want to blow off, right? And he goes, no. <laughs> he goes, he goes. that's probably the biggest independent show of the entire weekend. Yep. Just be there. If he uses you, he uses you. And I did. I called my wife and I said, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I'm going back to Jersey City. I'm going to do a show at midnight tonight and whatever. And that, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was already in Rahway, so hey, might as well go to Jersey City. Yep. But I mean, my, I had already plugged in my home address on on my phone, and I was, <laughs> and that's when I called Drew, and he was like, no, no, go. So I did, and then Brett's like, yeah, I definitely want to use you tonight. So, um, I didn't know what I was in for with the clusterfuck, though, man. That was. <laughs> Yeah, it's like standing there, like basically feeding you the names, or some of the guys are coming out as they're coming out. Like, man, what a hell of a gig! It's so many fucking people coming out. But yeah, yeah. your buddy Crowbar, man, fucking a, that was that was a hell of a moment. I think Crowbar. Yeah, that was yeah, it was it such was, an underrated to... dude, Crowbar, Devin Storm. Dude, yeah. yeah, Devin when he first showed up on WCW all the time, he was like way ahead of his time doing some crazy shit that nobody was doing. That guy was in the nuts. Yeah. I, yeah, even so like in, in his sort of more recent stuff that he's done in the last couple of years, like getting a, a spotlight on uh, ROH on their TV shows, dude has always over delivered. And yeah, he's just one of the confirmed good guys in uh, in the world of indie wrestling. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, you know what? I'm I'm still such a mark for the business. When I work with these people, every time I go to a show, I'm like, all right. I am getting a picture with so-and-so because I got to up my Instagram game over here. And, <laughs> but I'm, but I always get like super like embarrassed asking for it because I'm like, Jesus, how much of a 50 year old Mark do I look like when I want to <laughs> take a picture with crowbar or mantar or uh, the rock and roll express or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, and I, I usually just wuss out and don't end up taking the picture, but I regret it later. That's, yeah. that's the thing though. It's like, because someday I'm not going to be doing this. Dude, and I was uh, oh sorry, no, I was no, at the WWE hotel one time, uh, just waiting for my buddy who was staying there, and I, I normally don't talk to wrestlers or try to get pictures if I'm sober. If I'm drunk, I, uh, yeah, I would ask for a picture. But <laughs> of course, uh, Ric Flair walked by, and I was like, he's alone. I'm taking this opportunity. So that, yeah, sometimes you just gotta get your picture. So that's why I got my Ric Flair photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Pose. <laughs> Because when I didn't have all of the bookings that I ended up having, I had told anybody that would listen to me, I have one goal. And that is when family reunion's done, Bloodsport is after that. And I will be in the same locker room with Minoru Suzuki. And I just, last year when we were in New Orleans, I shook his hand and bowed in the locker room because he was, I think the, the Beyond show that we did in New Orleans was well after that. After the uh, blood sports show, we did a, a beyond WWR intergender show, uh, the late night shift there at the convention center in um, Kenner, Louisiana. And I met Suzuki. But again, I was too embarrassed to be like, wow. hey, man, can you take a picture with me? Um, so that was my goal. I said, well, also sure. a when bit family- of an intimidating rep. Minoru Suzuki. Oh, <laughs> Some people call murder grandpa, I hear. Right? <laughs> I'll tell you about the intimidation, but but that was the whole thing. Like I was like, I'm just going to get that picture because I'll be getting out of the locker room. He'll be coming into the locker room. It'll be smooth. And then I ended up doing the show, and of course, I took a selfie with him backstage after the show. But um, <laughs> when you talk about intimidation, oh like I was in the ring with um, referee, the kid ref, Chris Levin, and Baby ref? Suzuki. Baby Ruff, yes. <laughs> and um, uh, Suzuki, like, just stared right at us in the corner and kind of, like, flung his towel in our direction. And I swear I almost shit my pants because <laughs> I, I was like, oh, God. And the same thing happened to me, like, 20-something years ago because um, I used to do the ECW shows up here. And I got to announce Terry Funk. And oh. he was the nicest guy in the locker room. And then he came out and, like – took a, like a, a worked swipe at me and I like ducked <laughs> under the top rope because I thought he was really going to hit me because I had heard all about Terry Funk. So here I am with Minoru Suzuki and he actually like locked eyes with me and I'm like, God, if he comes over and slaps me, I, 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 I might die. I'm, yeah. I'm old <laughs> and like I a know. fucking champ. Yes. <laughs> Damn right. I would. But, um, but he didn't. And, um, and then that whole countdown too with the, oh, the five minute, cool. But the fans were all booing as I was given the they, – they, they, they said, you know, make sure you say the time. I, I Right hand to God, I didn't know how that was ending. I honestly did not know. So the, the five-minute overtime, like I, I kind of – I knew what I was supposed to do. But then I'm like, well, shit, I have to count it down. It's five-minute overtime. And every time I did it, one minute left, everybody started booing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. And then I'm just looking up and I'm like – Fuck, if they're not going Broadway here, 
I'm a fucking dead man because I've kind of like <laughs> ruined this main event. And I just went in the back and Josh Barnett like shook my hand. He goes, great job. He goes, you couldn't have done that any better. I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> Good. Thank you. But yeah, that's the God honest truth. I honestly oh, did not. That is awesome. <laughs> It's so yeah. good, and I think that almost like made it like watching it, um, like in the crowd. There, there was just a, a feeling of like I mean that whole show was so great because of the 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 feeling of of not knowing uh, you know what what is necessarily the 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 where the work finishes and the the shoot takes off, um, and yeah, just like a feeling of of anything could happen kind of thing but that you rarely get at, at um at wrestling shows and, and it was just yeah something in the air that night that that was my favorite show of the whole weekend honestly it, it was just fantastic and i yeah definitely think uh you you added uh something uh for sure to that for that main event rich thank you thank you very much yeah Appreciate um that, uh sorry go on yeah it was no i was just gonna say it was like uh, it it was, it was tough shoes to fill because those are Larry legend shows. And yeah. a lot of the fans let me know that I was not Larry legend. Um, especially at spring break. I, I, I think I was well received at blood sport, but you know what, at the end of the day, you know, the, the promoters and the owners, Danny DeMonto and Brett Lauderdale and Janela, they all had enough confidence in me to, to do the spring break shows. So, you know, and I thanked, I, I sent Larry a message. I'm like, I don't know what you have going on. It's probably none of my damn business, but you know, I'm doing these shows. So, um, and I'll just leave it at that. But you know, he gave me advice and stuff going into blood sport. You know, you want to do this, you want to do that. Don't, you know, don't, don't do this. Don't do that. And remember it's not pro wrestling. It's shoot fighting. And I'm like, got it. No one fall. Got it. Okay. That's um, cool. So, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, Larry awesome. is Larry's the man. Uh, you know, I'm a big, yeah. big fan of, of Larry going back, you know, from the first time I saw him in Shikara. Um, mm. But uh, it, it's really cool to hear that he, he was such a good dude and giving you those those pointers as well. You know, you can imagine other people would maybe not want to give you the tips to fill their shoes. But, uh, yeah, that, that, it's really cool that you did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, a he's become a really good friend and, you know, we did, we did an angle in, in beyond years ago where, you know, he was the official ring announcer for team Bazuzu. I remember and that. He, yeah. And I'm undefeated as a pro wrestler because Larry and I had a match at, um, um, the, uh, the boner battle of new England returns. And, um, <laughs> we had a one-on-one -on -one match and, um, and again, we're going all over the place, but we had, we had this match, like Drew had said, Hey, how, how about you and Larry just have this gimmick match? I, I really want to have this blow off. And it's like, dude, I'm, this is the last thing I want to do. And he goes, no, no, trust me. It's going to be like nothing. So of course, Larry and I like are talking about, it, and he's like sending me clips of stuff he has done as the heel ring announcer that gets stuck in a match. And he showed me all these clips and all these things he wants to do. So I'm like, he's like, yeah. And then, you know, hit me with a stunner and we'll do this. And I actually, when Biff Busick was living out here, he was training at a school in Providence. I literally went to the school to learn how to execute a stone cold stunner. <laughs> and as, as we're going over all the stuff before the show, Drew's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, it's going over our match. And he's like, no, no, it's not going down like that. You're ring announcers. You're not going to have spots. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, all that training for nothing. And, um, we did the match and there was 
nothing to it. And um, but at the end of the day, he was disqualified for outside interference. So I am officially retiring, undefeated, as an exclusive. I'm retired, undefeated as a professional wrestler. Tell him scoop. Yeah, yeah, with my record of one and zero. Oh. Yes, I'm done. <laughs> that probably, that's so funny. That's what uh, kids that go into wrestling school they're like. What's the day we do stunner practice? Like I just want to <laughs> stun everybody. <laughs> are you gonna yeah. line up first? You're gonna line up. You're all gonna get stunned, and then everyone's gonna line up, and they're gonna give us. So I was gonna say wow. the most important part is the the taking of the stunner. That's that's the class that I think everyone should go to. Got to got to do that oh, big old Scott Hall rock jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i'll tell you my 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 home promotion out here that i've been with for almost geez 19 years chaotic wrestling um brian fury's the head trainer there so i know for a fact that was one where dijak came all up the time. At, right they put out like uh, so many sasha banks too right yep sasha kofi yeah uh, Dijak, warbeard hansen or viking raider um ivar um <laughs> Um, Viking Raider, Viking Raider experience, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. Fjord Norseman, the Fjord Norseman should have been their name. Ooh, that would have <laughs> been a good be one. Week. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. I actually, I texted Todd as soon as because I didn't know he was going to be on Raw that night. So I, I, I texted him. I was like congratulations very happy for you and he's like oh thank you i'm like viking experience huh and he's like hey he's just one of those guys whatever they tell you to do um matt bloom the head trainer at nxt he's another boston guy and he think about his career in wwe and and he always said it i always just i knew my marching orders whatever they wanted me to do if they wanted me to be me me to be the hip-hop hippo or whatever the hell he was when he was with too cool (laughs) He didn't care. He was there for years and he had a great run and he had the IC title. I think at one point he was at WrestleMania's. You do what you're told. And that's what I always tell young kids. Keep your friggin' mouth shut. Keep your ears open. But Todd is just one of those guys. He's not phased by any of that Viking experience. He doesn't. He could care less. He's. I love you know, how they kind of sold uh, on Raw how the name got clowned so much. They're like, yeah, bike, or these guys are making a lot of uh, headway on the social media in more ways than one. I'm like, yeah, they definitely heard us loud and clear. And now the finisher just happens oh, yeah. to be called the Viking Experience. So. Oh, we're going to keep that fucking name, you guys. Viking <laughs> Experience. <laughs> amazing. So amazing. But, but yeah, that is all... Um, North Andover, Massachusetts, that's the home of Brian Fury School. That's the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And, um, you know, that's where Sasha Banks came out of. That's where Kofi came out of. Um, Dijak, Warbeard, Biff Busick, uh, Oni Lorcan. Um, you know, that it's – New England is such a hotbed for wrestling. But I was saying when you were talking about, you know, kids go to wrestling school wondering when they're going to learn the stunner. Yeah. I've been to so many classes. Yeah, you should see the blow-up drills – you got to do before you can even think about even dropping an elbow forget about a stunner but it's like the blow-up drills alone and fury he's just an amazing teacher and obviously the proof's in the pudding so yeah i gotta weed those kids out that are just there for stunner class (laughs) right right (laughs) right honest to god but um yeah so but that's my home that's where i've been for I'd, i'd be remiss if i did not mention chaotic wrestling because that kind of gave me a new life after 
Tony Rumble passed away in 99 because Chaotic started up in 2000. And again, Mr. Right Place, Right Time. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to work for the companies that I work for. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's and awesome. that's why I sent you guys that picture of me and Chris from New Orleans because, I mean, honestly. <laughs> I was so I happy when movie. I saw that photo. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting there because I knew we had some time before we were recording. And I'm like, I got that picture from Bourbon Street. And I got to tell you, I, I looked at the timestamp on it. It was like one in the morning or something. But I was friggin' hammered that night. Oh, I me too. Me and- too, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But, but just, I assume I was as well. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. But it, but it's just funny, though, because as a ring announcer, to be recognized, like you were very complimentary. I think you had said that uh, you and your girl had been in Pro- in New England and were in Providence, and you came to one of the Beyond shows at Aurora. And yeah, you, yeah. You remember- I, just me uh, solo, that, that one. I came up from uh, from Brooklyn. Um, I caught the, the bus. Um, and, and that was really when, when beyond had, had some great, like, uh, you know, some great stuff being said about it. It was after that, that video with, uh, with Dickinson, um, went, uh, went crazy with the, the big Pazuzu bomb through the, the table. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd seen some of you guys' shows and it was really fun. I thought if I'm in New York, I have to go up here. I can't miss this show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It was great, like on one hand, because it was just an excuse to to go to Providence, Rhode Island, which is just a beautiful place. Not enough people talk yeah. about how how beautiful Providence is. Um, oh, but yeah. then just the whole vibe at the show, it was great. You know, there, there's something so special that I really dig about um, Beyond it, and just the vibe of everyone standing. You know, there's there's none of this sitting yeah. down on on seats. Everyone's standing at ringside. Back to like that sort of feeling from those WXW Germany's shows where the fans are hitting on their the ring apron, and that show right. was just so fun. I mean, I think we got a, an awesome David Starr Eddie Edwards match to to start that show off, um, and, <laughs> and just some awesome stuff. And um, one of the yeah, the, one of the best parts was like your work. Uh, and and just the 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 feeling of I, I appreciated the the suit the the bow tie everything um, and uh, it just I was, I was so happy that night you know and so yeah, then uh, it was it was really cool to to run into you in uh, in New Orleans and then uh, again uh, able to stand a, a couple of feet away from you at these uh, these shows over spring break spring break. Uh, for many weekends this year, and, and I, I and I gotta be honest with you because I was in like such a zone with everything that, during Mania. I believe I I believe I saw you in the crowd at Pancakes and Pile Drivers. I mean the the if, were you sitting on the side where the entrance was where where the yes. wrestlers came down the aisle? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Remember, I remember. <laughs> I and I think I was probably coming out of the ring after an introduction, and I remember looking over. I'm like. That, that's the guy. And but then I was like on to the next thing, and I think somebody oh, yeah. had come over and said, "Oh, hey, Sammy wants to talk to you in the back." And I forgot all about it. But I, I, I get so in a zone when I'm doing, especially big shows like that. And yeah. I just kind of, I, you know, I, I always tell people it's especially like on with like social media, and like I think sometimes fans get offended. Like they'll come over and say hi to me, and. I honestly don't know their names, and it. it I How feel really bad. How are you supposed bad, to keep but... up with that, though? It's insane. That's what I'm saying. I just, I just, I just kind of. I, I always feel bad when I'm always like, "Hey, you," but it's like, 
you know, until I actually know you, know you and know your names. I mean, it's like it's 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 kind of hard. But that was the thing. I remember seeing your face. I think when you reached out to me after Mania Week uh, about doing this podcast, that's when it clicked. I'm like, holy shit, I saw him in New York City. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like I said, I'm very awesome. close to being 50. So my mind isn't what it used oh. to be. You might notice I look at index cards a little bit more than I used to. But um <laughs> but I mean, the one thing that I did want to, one thing I wanted to touch on, you were very complimentary about that time you saw me in Providence and you said the, the suit and the bow tie, you know, I've said this, you know, in certain interviews, but you know, I wear the tuxedo because that's what I grew up watching, but it's also because, and this will sound really, really cheesy, but that's to me, that's how much respect I have for the business. Like that, that's to me, that's how a ring announcer should dress. Yeah. Because I've been to enough shows where you see the ring announcer in the t-shirt and the cargo shorts and a cowboy hat, and they think they're the center of attention. No, your job is to put over the talent. But <laughs> I mean, there can God, only like, be one low-life Louis in uh, in the world of wrestling. I think. Oh, oh <laughs> he's the man. And that was the other thing too. Like I didn't even like um, somebody grabbed me like right before. At death match at Spring Break Night One, and one um, which was um, uh, Jimmy Lloyd and um, Takeda, and Whoa. somebody grabbed me and said, "You know, Louis going to announce this, right?" I'm like, "Nope," but I'm glad you told me. So, and that was the first time I'd actually met Louis. So, um, yeah, he does all the death match stuff. So, um, yeah, he's 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 one of a kind. What a what a what a nice guy, though. Very nice guy. I was very glad I got to meet him, and what a history he has in this business. My oh, goodness. Yeah. I remember watching him in those early 2000s, like uh, the USA was the USA Pro shows. There's ones up in uh, yeah. in New York, and he was all over those shows, yeah. bleeding everywhere. Yeah. Such a character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's another one. Like, like, if I wasn't, like, I don't know why I get shy or intimidated, but like, that's another guy I'd love to have a picture with. Here I am with like, you know, independent, hardcore legend, low life Louie. I mean, these, you know, at my age, I shouldn't be like having these thoughts, but I'm like, yeah, I want to have pictures with many of these people as I can. Cause like I, someday I'm not going to be doing this. I don't know when that is. It's not going to be anytime soon, but you know, but it's like, I, I, I love to look back at all these pictures and, you know, when I worked for UCW, I never even dared to ask to have a picture taken with anybody. And um, you didn't get I that really picture with New Jack with all the guys. I did not get that picture. <laughs> you know what? I I did get a picture with New Jack before I had worked for ECW. I had gone to a couple of shows in New England, and I remember getting a picture with him like after a show or something, and. Um, I don't know where the hell it is, but you know, back then you had to use a real camera, yeah. you know, it was, it was a much Polaroid. Game, but, um, yeah, it's kind of much different time. Again, I'm showing my age, but it is what it is. Hey, we, we still um, remember that time. So it's not, not too long ago. Maybe we're showing our age as well. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are fine. Yeah. Me, yeah, man. Fine. I you got um, a lot, got a lot of life. No, oh, thank you, thank you. We um, I, I really, I said to Jeremy when we were at spring break, uh, when you were just killing it on uh, the ring announcer, I was like, I need to say hi to Rich because I wanted to reach out again, uh, like you said after seeing him. <laughs> not blowing smoke, you literally did say that. 
Yeah. Uh, but there, again, there's so yeah. many people, like you say, you, you want to be able to uh, catch up with all these people over something crazy uh, like the WrestleMania weekend. But where where do you find the time, you know? Yeah, and like I said, I, that the bookings I had far exceeded anything that I could have even dreamed of doing in, in a, in a three or four day period. It was, it was exhausting. And there yeah. were so many things that I didn't get to do. And so many, like, I love going to WrestleCon. I love doing interviews and stuff like that. Um, and I just, you know, I just didn't have the opportunity. A lot of people I didn't see. And, and, you know, the, the plan was, Hey, I hope I make enough money to, you know, maybe be able to buy a cheap ticket to WrestleMania. But by the time spring break was over and, you know, we started late because the crowd, uh, because you know, the, of us, the, we were the guys who were coming over from Madison right? Square Garden. We were waiting for you guys. <laughs> we were waiting for you guys to start the show, but we were supposed to start at eleven fifty-five. And I remember them coming out and saying, "Okay, tell them twenty minutes, tell them fifteen minutes." And then finally, Brett said, "Okay, stop giving yourself a time limit because that's going to make them hate you. Um, <laughs> just say we'll be starting soon. We'll be starting soon." So. Um, and once we did, man, we were off and running. But I'll tell you, 3 a.m. caught up real quick to me. Oh, and I yeah. think by the time, us too. By the time that, <laughs> yeah, by the time the show ended, I think it was about 3:15. And by the time I had, you know, got squared away at the end of the night, it was close to four in the morning. And I went from tired to like adrenaline rush because. Oh, it's so funny I, how that happened because we were the same. Yeah. I mean, with all of the shows we went to from from the Thursday through the Saturday, like I, I you know, was it like nine shows or something? Uh, but it was like you'd, you'd go through these periods of excitement, and then just complete exhaustion. But then you get your second wind and you get that excitement again. And then you go through that yeah. same pattern over and over again. Some, I think there was at one point we were like going home because uh, we, we were staying up on the uh, Upper East Side. And uh, I think we were getting home and it was like 4.30 in the morning or something like that. It was the one after this um, that, that uh, clusterfuck show. And it was like... <laughs> It was weird. I was like so exhausted a little bit beforehand, but then I, I was just like, "How is it four thirty in the morning?" And I'm just like, "I feel fine right now." And then I yeah. got back and fell sleep asleep so we could recharge for the next day. And yeah, yeah we're wide awake. Yeah, this is bizarre. How did you guys? Yeah, so, they... like, actually announcing on these shows—that's got to be like a whole different level because you know people can't see that you look physically exhausted. You've got to at least give up the <laughs> appearance that you've still got the energy. I mean, how how did you feel? Were you kind of on during the shows, and then between was the exhaustion, or, or what was that like? Uh, yeah, it was definitely between, but but it was uh, every night was maybe three or four hours sleep because. Um, nobody takes their job as serious as I do because to me, I want to be as prepared as I can. So getting all the last minute bookings meant once I finally got to somebody's apartment or hotel or wherever I was sleeping, I would be up for at least another hour just preparing for the next show. Um, wow. just because that's the way my mind works is if I don't go in there prepared, I don't. I have a, I have a roster like of if I've announced somebody's name once I I got an Excel file that I kind of just um, print off you know every every month or so and I just keep it in my binder so if you plot me in the middle of any locker room chances are I probably know about sixty seventy percent of your locker room so I don't have to go around and be like what's your name what's your nickname what's your hometown what's your weight I don't have to do that <laughs> I just look it up and if I haven't announced them for a long time I'll be like is this what you still do 
and they'll be like, no, no, do it this way. Okay, whatever. Um, so you got the you got the David Starr nickname memorized. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the David Starr ones. I, I just wish somebody would just wear the T-shirt and stand right in front of the ring. Yeah. There you go. And just <laughs> not move because I still have to look at the damn card. And if you watched episode one, was it episode mm -hmm. one or maybe it was two? Um, he was in a tag match with MJF. That was episode two, I that believe. That was two, yeah. And we were like, all right, we're not going to do all the nicknames because we're doing the tag team thing with, with Max and whatever. And I was like, all right, great. And then all of a sudden he goes, do all the nicknames. And I'm like, damn it. I didn't have it prepared. I didn't have the card with me or nothing. <laughs> and the worst part was he's got this little like business card with all the nicknames that I think he sells at the gimmick at his gimmick table. And I, he, I had taken one and I said, can I just keep this? I just want to keep it in my tuxedo jacket pocket. It's very easy. Well, I gave it to Jimmy Jacobs at the pancakes and pile driver show because he was the host of the show, but yeah. was ring announcing some of the matches. Yeah. I, Gave it to him, and I didn't never asked for it back. And Whoa, then I, Jimmy, and then I worked. I know Jimmy, you owe me my no. But, <laughs> um, but then I, I, I saw David Starr at the next Wednesday night show, and I said, "Do you have any more of those things?" I go, "I gave mine to Jimmy Jacobs." He goes, "No, I'm all out." I'm like, oh, "But I have an index card with it written up, and I keep it in my binder." So, but that night he said, "We're not going to do the eleven nicknames." I'm like, "Great." And then when he gets there, he goes, "No." These fans have pissed me off. Do all my nicknames. I'm like, <laughs> but you know what? It's those little things. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just, you know, I never want to be the, the center of attention, but if I can do something to make that intro a little bit more special or more interactive with the fans, then I'm all for it, you know? And, mm. um, to me, it's you always know, the little things that, that make a wrestling show like that special. And as as much as like some people might not think of like how much of an important role the ring announcer like plays in, in creating that magic, like that's that's the whole thing, you know? If you if you have a match and you don't have the, the, the ring bell and that, that ring announcer, like it doesn't have that same special vibe and you can definitely tell the people that like yourself that put that extra work into it rather than the you know the the folks that maybe don't put put that much into it and and it just improves the whole presentation the match and just the whole feeling of the entire night thank you yeah i just try and make it as professional and legitimate you know i want everything to 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 seem like a real fight and that's why i like the old school intros that we do in beyond too i think it it think it makes it a little more i don't know a little more like prize fight like like main event style for every match um, I, I like doing the intros that way too. It's just, uh, it just adds a little bit of something to it. So, yeah. I mean, do you have any, uh, like influences that, that were really integral to, to kind of what, what you have, have created in, in your own kind of thing? I mean, to me, I mean, there's some amazing ring announcers out there, you know, obviously like a Gary Michael Capetta is probably one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. You know, the Fink, yep. he can't go past the Fink. I mean, who, who are your kind of... Right big big influences when it comes to that oh you just said one of them and uh, gary capetta because like i like i said i grew up i grew up watching this stuff in the late 70s so for me wrestling back then was wwwf championship wrestling and all-star wrestling the two different shows that they recorded in um hamburg uh allentown pa and hamburg pa um 
those two weekly weekend syndicated shows, that was it. It was Gary Capetta on one show and it was Joe McHugh, who was the nice little old man with the glasses and, you know, probably appointed by the state athletic commission. And uh, from what I read, <laughs> he used to do like boxing and all this other stuff. He just had a very distinctive style. Um, and then of course, Howard Finkel, who, you know, very fortunate, very fortunate to be, you know, very, on very friendly terms with Finkel and Capetta, um, just from all the years, um, of working together and, um, you know, I, I do a New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame um, ceremony that we do um, every year up here, and I've co-hosted a couple of those with Howard um, to the point where he calls me like a member of the fraternity, which kind of – that goes a long <laughs> way. You know, it's just – That's awesome. It's one of those things. But yeah, and then I actually ran into Gary Capetta as I was leaving Pancakes and Pile Drivers because you might have noticed I bailed right after announcing um, – Ricky Shane Page and Tessa, because I had to get down to Rahway for the Chaotic show, oh, and you missed uh, out on the magic it, of that match. Ah, uh, dude, you that have was no one of idea. my favorites of that whole show, honestly, and I, I had no expectation of it being so. It was, it was wonderful. Well, I, I really wished I had been able to do that because Shane Strickland was in the first match of the first Beyond show that I ever announced, American Rano thirteen. Right. If you watch that, it was a, a four-way. It was him. It was David Starr, much different David Starr, uh, Sozio, and um, Latin Dragon. It was the very first match of American Rana, and I thought it would have been kind of cool if I'd got to announce his last independent show. But um, I had the other commitment, which Sammy Callahan was totally understandable and totally cool about. Uh, that was one of the messages and texts that I had left him before – you know, leading up to Pancakes Pile Drive, I was like, hey, listen, I've worked for this company for 19 years. They've just decided to run a show in Rotway. Do you mind if I if I have to bounce early? Is that okay? And he told me, whatever you need to do, I've I've already got Jimmy here as a host. You guys can split matches and do whatever you want. So cool. um I was very, very fortunate. And um I didn't care about, you know, paydays or any of that stuff. When I left, he was just like, dude, just Hit me up. I'll PayPal you later. Don't even worry about it. And he did. He's awesome. I've known Sammy for years. And um, but yeah, I hated not being able to do that entire show. Um, but you know, how, how do you tell a company that you've worked for for 19 years? Yeah, no, I'm not going to be there. I already had somebody <laughs> filling in for me for the beginning. Yeah. Um, plus, Tommy Dreamer was on that show, um, the Chaotic show. And um, you know, Tommy bring his a, suspenders. No, no, he hasn't <laughs> since not, not since 1993. Um, but um, it's funny though because just it's funny how things come full circle. Because I'm very fortunate. Like Tommy's like oh has been and always has been a good friend. He was very instrumental in um, you know me being able to work for ECW for almost three years, um, and he always very takes care of me like booked me for House of Hardcore when they came out here to New England. Um, always makes me feel like one of the boys whenever I see him. He's always very respectful, and we keep in touch a lot. And he's just a, a really nice guy, just a really nice guy. And I think about, you know, I was a fan of his 25 years ago. I'm a bigger fan now, but, you know, now it's like it's somebody that I can call or text and talk to. And, you know, so again, it's that whole full circle thing. And that's what this business is all about, man. <laughs> that's cool. Very lucky. That's so cool. Very lucky. 
yeah. I think the the theme of that weekend was was those clashes. I mean, you know, be it from like you say, and having to for you having to speed from one show to the the next mid show uh, to just. Uh, I mean, did you have some close calls there uh, be- between shows? In, in like you're saying, having to get from like Jersey City to uh, Queens, <laughs> or like all over the place. How how'd you go? Yeah. Um. Thursday was fine because I did Jersey City back to back in the same building. So I felt very comfortable. I was only afraid that my car would get towed or ticketed, um, but it was still there. But that night, um, that night I actually drove. I stuck around for a little bit of the interspecies show at um, as part of the. Yes. <laughs> and I, I stayed for actually that whole show. And I left after that as they were setting up for Black Craft. I was like, I got to go because oh, that was one thing I was wanting to ask you. I was wanting to see if you had any anything to share about what the amazing thing that I heard about that Blackcraft show. All I, I all I know is when I was there, they were taking down the ropes or they had taken down the ropes already and they were putting up chains. Yeah. Instead. Because that was so. A match were you guys at you, that show? No, we were going to go to that show. <laughs> yeah, we bailed. At the it end. was it was bailed one of those ones. Yeah, we had a pin in it. We were like, if we're not dead, we're going to go to this show. Uh, yeah. And it was yeah, one of the ones that fell to the wayside of our just just human weaknesses of the the body. I guess we just couldn't do it. Oh, but yeah. Then we just heard it was uh, quite the memorable experience. Uh, some insanity. Dude got his throat yeah, slit. Uh, oh, main I event I... like four seconds I hear because of the curfew. I think oh, there was no. multiple main events because uh, like like two matches that ended within a minute, like yeah. right after each other. And then apparently oh, at geez. one point at the end, once the, they were actually you know completely shutting down the show, they were like, "Fuck it, let's start a battle royal." And then they had a battle royal. And the venue actually was turning off the lights and turn off the music and everything midway through it. And then just had to sort of stop abruptly. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. I think I remember hearing about that somewhere in my travels on Saturday. But when they were getting all set up, that that was when I, it very became very real to me that Pancakes and Pile Drivers was in about 10 or 11 hours. Mm. And I was... Um, and that was – oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Shimmer was at 11 o'clock the next morning. That's when it became very apparent to me that I was doing my first show ever for Shimmer in front of four or 500 people at Laboom. Yeah, I heard they did um, a good crowd. Yeah, it was packed. It was – that was – one, that was another one of my favorite. I, I, I hate to pick a favorite. It's like a parent saying which kid they like better. Um, but – I mean, that was, that was something I've wanted to be, I've wanted to work for Shimmer and I've wanted to work for Evolve. So I got the Shimmer part out of the way now. Um, I've known Dave Prezak for 20 something years anyways, but never really had the opportunity to be able to announce for them. But that night in, um, in Jersey city, that Thursday night before, um, the Shimmer show, I actually drove by myself from Jersey to Queens. It was the only, I didn't have a hotel, but I found one. I wanted to be in Queens. I just didn't want anything to prevent me from being there early and on time. And I wanted to make a good first impression. So I stayed somewhere about two miles from Laboom, but it still took me like 27 minutes to get there. And the parking situation there was the absolute drizzling shits. 
Um, there's no other way to put it. Um, I remember driving, trying to find a spot and, uh, running. I was like, you know, you know, like when you're in New York, these areas where you don't know where the hell, whether you can park there or not. And I remember I got out of my car and I got my beyond hoodie on and I'm looking and I'm trying to read the signs and Veda Scott pulls up and she goes, is that a spot? Is that? And I was like, I honestly don't know. I've got to ask the guy in the garage if I can park here or if they're going to tow me or what. But that's how bad the parking was. Um, but eventually I ended up getting there. So um, but that that was very nerve wracking. You guys were asking about the the close calls. Mm. I made it in time, but thank God I stayed in Queens the night before. Uh, from there, I was supposed to go to WrestleCon. And it was while I was there talking to friends that. I found out I was doing spring break. I was just starting to head to Jersey City anyways, and that's when I said Brett sent me the message, the uh, the Facebook message with the picture of the phone to the bullpen. I'm like, oh, God, I'm doing spring break tonight. This is friggin' awesome. <laughs> um, but that was it. No, everything else time-wise worked out fine. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, I had a friend of mine that was staying in Queens let me crash in their room. Um, I mean, was staying in New York City. And that's where I stayed Friday night. So I was literally like a mile from the Hilton for pancakes and pile drivers. Um, yeah, it was just, it was crazy though. It was just, I, I'll say this. I, I, I've never gone to a, a mania week and not even had time to go out drinking. I, I didn't, I did not drink at all because wow, it's so sun. I mean, yeah, we, we was... were pretty, pretty rushed for time, but we definitely got some drinking in. Yeah, I think we made up for you. So I think you're okay. <laughs> I appreciate I, I I was hoping that you guys would do that for me. So thank yeah, you. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the whole thing. It was like I I never stopped. And if and if I had drank during one of those shows, I was afraid I'd make a bad impression or screw something up or whatever. So I was on my best behavior. But hopefully I impressed enough people. And I will say two out of those eight shows that I did, um, Canyon Seaman from WWE was at um, Bloodsport and he was also at Shimmer. <laughs> so right. when I think about it, and Scott Demore was at Pancakes and Piledrivers, so when I think about it, I'm like, huh. Had a talent Ooh, good eyes on you. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. some good eyeballs to have. My phone hasn't rang once, but you know, but I, I, I look at it that way. That's that's the way my wrestling mind works is the top guy in charge of hiring at WWE saw me or he saw me at Bloodsport and then he's at Shimmer the next morning. And he, I, I think I have a distinctive look and you're not going to look at me and go, oh, geez, is that the same guy from yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, it is the same guy from yesterday. <laughs> he's so, a Paladino kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy? He's OK. But. You know, I don't expect to get my big break at 50, but you know what? You never know. I've always said uh, eventually they're going to need another mean gene and God rest his soul. Um, you know, I mean, there, there has to be a demographic at some point for an older, older gentleman. I agree 100 percent. Yeah, we've, they we've spoken need before. An older voice. Yeah. In we, the locker mean, room, like doing interviews like somebody who looks experienced, someone who's, you know, you can look up to that like, authoritative. Someone, Authority feeling, you know? yeah, yeah. The sad thing was, I was um, in June. We have our New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame ceremony, and this year I was supposed to co-host with me and Gene on June seventh. Um, yeah. So when he passed away, I was just absolutely devastated, like you couldn't believe. And now I'm doing the whole thing by myself, apparently. But, um, but yeah. So 
you know, I say, you know, hey, right. My entire career has been right place, right time. So, yeah. um, hey, you crazier know. things have happened in the world of wrestling. This was the weekend that uh, Pierre Carlo let. Uh, Went from a year prior breaking out on uh, spring break to uh, on this year uh, being on one of the top featured championship matches in Madison Square Garden. So, not unbelievable. Yeah, not unbelievable. And 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 you guys went to that show, right? Yeah. Yep. Were you there for the entire show? Yes. Yeah. Happily so. Our friend, uh, friend of the show, our, our Mexican show reporter, who's not actually Mexican but sometimes goes to Mexican shows, John Kraft. Okay. Uh, he uh, actually departed before the main event to get to. I think he b- b- departed before the semi-main. Did he like in the middle of the? Oh, I swear. Breaks my heart. I cannot imagine with how good those top two matches were that you would. That's the only of downside them. of those weekends, man. Is the. Sometimes there's some good openers that you're going to miss because the fucking main event of the prior show is just too damn good. And then you walk the in and like, there's fucking Rock and Roll Express and LAX in the ring. You're like, ah, fucking A. <laughs> hey, we were, there, we were there for the suicide dive and the Canadian Destroyer, sir. So, yes, Wasn't that please. unbelievable? My so God, great. that was... Yeah, that was insane. Of all that of the Canadian holy shit Destroyer. moments on that show, that was definitely up there. When you think about all the history that had to go in to that moment even happening, it's just it it warmed the cockles of my heart, man. Wrestling is pretty fucking special when you think about it. Especially it really like is to and... see how much it meant to the um, to the LAX, LAX dudes. Like that was actually yeah. a big thing for them, and especially like knowing them from you know or knowing of them from so far back and beyond wrestling, and like coming from there in uh you know part of team pazuzu like to being like a, a featured act on on tv and now working the rock and roll express joey janelle's yeah, spring that, break so that cool. match meant so much to them i mean especially um sanchez i mean um i'm sorry santana uh i i always get their names mixed up i just want to call them mike drastic and the funky monkey angel ortiz but yeah. um santana and ortiz um those guys just so amazing. I mean, the I remember the first time I met them was at that first American Rana, and I was like, you know, I was vaguely familiar with their names. I'd never announced them before, but just to see how much success they've had, and you know, just their their upbringing. I mean, they grew up, you know, just kids from the streets of New York to be doing what they're doing now and to be sharing stages with the people they're sharing stages with. And, you know, it's funny when they wrestled, um, the Lucha bros, Lucha brothers at, um, American Rana last year, people Mm -hmm. threw money into the ring after the match. It was in Worcester at the, uh, white Eagle at our white Eagle hall in Worcester mass. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody throw money into the ring for a match. It was that good. And then I heard that that happened on one of the impact pay-per-views or maybe one of the TV shows they did in Mexico, but mm-hmm. people threw money. I was like, wait a minute, that happened in beyond first. I mean, but how freaking good are you that people appreciate your work that much that they throw money? Yeah. That- it's a bit of a tradition in Mexico. Whenever there's like just a match that's that, that good uh yeah. that the crowd will throw yeah. the money in you know like guys like uh, negra navarro and, and skyder um right. and like they they have these amazing matches and everyone will throw in the money and the referee will put it in the little little cup 
and it, it's kind of spreading out a bit with yeah, the other Lucha Bros in the, around. I mean, Jeremy and I have seen it at um, PWG a few times, but it's so cool. They did it during the Invisible Man match. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Because I started grabbing all that and i was like let's get this to bryce remsburg because yeah, yeah. that deserves it damn right oh my <laughs> god how amazing was that that oh. was one of the best things i've ever seen dude yeah and, so and that's great. what i said i was, was right up there I'm on like, the balcony when they did the invisible man balcony dive right <laughs> and all the reps went down yeah that's oh. awesome it's that like so that's my favorite type of wrestling like sure we can all enjoy a great grappling match but this was a just a group of people all basically improving this fucking fight that they're not really seeing, but there's oh my god, beautiful man, beautiful that's, wrestling. Isn't that fans something are, great about wrestling? Like, I mean, that's the whole idea of like everyone suspending their disbelief together. But it's like that yeah. was really real suspension of disbelief when you're watching two invisible men wrestle one another. And yeah, a hell of a match, dude. So good. And I, and I was like, how it. should I introduce? And that's why I said, I said, how should I introduce them? And, yeah. you know, we said, obviously, parts unknown, but I said, weight immeasurable? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> they're invisible. <laughs> and then that's what I, and then even at the end, I was talking to Bryce and I said, all right, so when it's over, I'm going to have to come to you to find out who won. He was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it was like those little things just put the whole performance together. But I, I remember the money in the ring and I was like, this is all going to Bryce Remsburg. I mean, right. come on. I mean, we couldn't find Invisible Man or Invisible Stan after, so um, that Vanished was just into the ether. Fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely was... felt the need to um, to to remember that uh, via one of my my arts on on the Instagram. Give a, a tribute to to that beautiful moment when uh, Invisible Stan was was driven through that table. Oh, that was awesome. I've seen those door clips. Friend. <laughs> it was a door, Christmas. The door. It's not a table. We don't use doors in GC. We don't use tables in GCW. Yes. Only gotcha. doors. Well, well, thanks for joining us, man. This is yeah. really awesome. Yeah, I had a great time yeah, talking to you. Like I said, I've I been a the, big fan for Beyond for a while. And... Thanks, man. Yeah, the lack of thereof. I, I love this because it's just like we're sitting at a bar. It's like the drinks that I didn't get to have in New York. I'm just sitting around with you guys with a headset on. And, you know, I feel like we're just sitting at the bar just talking about our random collective thoughts of everything at uh, Mania Week. And thank you guys for having me. It's just uh, it's a whirlwind. I, uh, I'm blown away, blown away that you guys wanted to even talk to me. I really appreciate it. And still blown away by the shows I got to do and the names I got to announce. and given the rock and roll express a 1986 uh, NWA type introduction and um, without even asking them just doing the whole from the volunteer state of Tennessee. Cause that's what I, that's what I remember seeing when I was watching it on TBS back in the day. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable. This business is amazing. You guys uh, keep doing what you're doing. And again, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, really means a lot, and hopefully I'll see you guys in Tampa, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, at the end. At, at the end of this one, I was like, "There's no way I'm going to Tampa." Not after going through all of this craziness. Then I got home, and I'm like, "You know what? I'm gonna go to Tampa." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm the same way, and I'm gonna look forward to it because it can't be that bad getting around as it was just was for all of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I enjoyed That's it though, the... you know. I, I enjoyed the madness and that, that hectic trying to get on the, the subway and then one venue to the other and running from the subway. Like at the time, it, it sucks so like hard. a proper New Yorker. Yeah, yeah. right? It's the authentic <laughs> experience. <laughs> oh man thanks again man appreciate it yeah yeah i um this is all this is what i wanted it to be rich uh, i was hoping we'd just be able to catch up and like you said just have a, a this chat at the at the bar uh about all the things beyond and, and wrestlemania weekend so and i was really um it was cool to, to hear about your history in the business as well so thank you so much dude Thank Last you, up, Bron- of course, is plugging. Do you have uh, a Twitter handle, maybe an Instagram that people can follow you on, a pro wrestling tee site maybe, <laughs> the T-shirt with a bow tie on it? I don't know. Uh, I, I, there is a T-shirt. I just sell them at shows because I don't know if I have enough followers to be on pro wrestling tees, but I do kind of know a guy from Chicago that has something to do with that, so I might have to talk to him and see what he can do. Ooh, um, but I, I should hit well, up Nick. Let's get Nick to make that happen. <laughs> but I do have the uh, the 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 Rich Paladino. This contest is scheduled for one fall shirt um, that I do sell at events throughout New England. Um, and then, um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter um, just at Rich Paladino, Paladino with two L's. Um, I'm on Instagram as Ringside Rich and as myself on the Facebook. And uh, if my kids teach me how to use Snapchat, I'll I'll be on there. Some st- I, I have an ID. <laughs> but I don't know how to use it. So let's just keep it to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And of course you can see me every Wednesday night on independent wrestling television beyond wrestling's uncharted territory. So there you go. that's it. Oh, thank Hell you, of sir. a plug. Hell of a plug. <laughs> thank you. And grown men really do watch this shit. I we love do. It. Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, well, guys. without further ado, let's uh, let's shut this baby down. This impromptu extra episode of uh, Grown Men Watch This Shit. You didn't know it was coming your way, and then boom, we jumped in uh, on a, a Thursday. Thursday. When it almost that? makes up for our sporadic times, sometimes not dropping a show. So hey, there you yeah, go. Yeah, a little bonus, a little bonus for y'all. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Perfect. Let's let's chuck out our own plugs uh you can right, always... i am at james vanderbeek at j a i m s vanderbeek on both twitter and instagram make it simple for you oh <laughs> lovely uh, everyone make sure to also follow the show on twitter that's the one i always forget to plug you know you think yeah we'd say at grown men pod a little bit more but uh you know do what you want uh, you can find me at oh beep 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 oh, beep, beep beep beep. Whoa, Rich, Rich, you can hang up. David Arquette watch just started. Sorry, apologize. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> David Arquette watch 2019. Uh, so Rich, we uh we do a weekly uh segment where we just check Our what David segment. Arquette's doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, he is in. What's going on in the hot world of David Arquette now, Chris? So we, we had a big week. You know, David Arquette worked Timothy Thatcher at this WrestleMania weekend, uh, the, the penis party uh, that we're, we're talking about here. But uh, now, onto the current news. It appears that uh, WWE legend Mick Foley will be joining David Arquette's 12-hour shift. Uh, so this is a, a, a film currently in, in production. 
Uh, sounds like Mick Foley is going to be teaming up with uh, with David Arquette on this one. Woo-hoo. Oh, familiar territory documentary work, huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that's pretty oh. cool. Spreading. The... I'm glad we brought that up because people were waiting for bated breath on the David Arquette watch. It's probably our the best thing about our show, Rich. So I'm glad you were here. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could be a part of it. Thank you. I feel like I'm a little bit closer. It's like seven <laughs> degrees of separation to Kevin Bacon. It's like I feel like I'm a little bit closer to David Arquette because I've never announced him. So boom. speaking of that, I One actually day. have a bacon number of three because I, I was once in an episode of Leverage with actor Timothy Hutton. So bacon number three over here, everybody. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yes. Hard All right, let's get out of here. Oh, social suplex. Thanks for having us. Thanks for allowing us to be part of your network. It's Ooh. amazing. It's great to be here. Each week, Chris and I get to bullshit about wrestling, and, you know, we're halfway across the world from each other, so it's quite delightful. It is. Uh, all of our friends at Social Suplex that we got to catch up with the other week in person. Very cool, very cool. A um, uh, whole uh, bunch of awesome shows, uh, awesome things that you can check out as part of yeah, the Social Suplex the network. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Give it a look. Give it a gander. Find it all All at uh, the home base of socialsuplex.com. You can find me at Chris Things on the Instagram and on the Twitter. And uh, that's about it. Thanks, everybody. It's Swifty, my ladies and dudes. (laughs) Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.